Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. And good morning, everybody. 11 o'clock hour before uh, Tracy Johnson takes over, takes command. Now, every time I have Martin Moore in studio, people go, who is this guy? Who is, what is his skill sets? I go, well, I've known him as a photographer. He's a, he's a videographer. He's an incredible talent at Cost Corp, local company in, in our area in Wisconsin. But he's also a guy who's like, connect. first of all, hi. Hey, Steve. You were like so quiet. Hey, you know what? I'm here for. I can just sit here in silence while you just uh, pontificate. Yeah, and just fanboy me up. But everybody always asks, like, what, what do you got? Like, how do you decide what you're going to talk about? With uh, well, we kind of go back and forth the night before, right? Mm-hmm. And you throw me ideas. It's and- like a last minute high school project. You'll t- you'll text me at like seven or eight p.m. and yeah. you're like, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, oh, hold on, let me look. Not just saying that it's hastily put together, but we 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 research, we talk about this yeah. stuff. But and- we're pretty good off the cuff. Yes, we are. And if you don't know. Martin is also an influencer in Milwaukee, huge supporter of the Milwaukee Bucks, fan of the Bucks, season ticket holder of the Bucks. Um, you're obviously a Packers fan as well. Mm. You're also a radio guy occasionally. You blog. Podcast. A podcast, yeah. Uh, I used to do speaking engagements, but I stopped doing that because I don't like speaking in front of people. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I just gave you that big introduction. You don't want to speak to people. I don't get that. What is that? I think, I think one of my biggest reasons for... Speaking engagements is I'm very passionate about the things that I feel that I'm really good at and know a lot about. And so it's very hard for me to like hold back because I've worked so hard and grinded so long with so many sleepless nights to get to where I am. So it's like it's hard for me to be conservative uh, talking to an audience about something that I'm very passionate about because <laughs> I just want to like beat points in people's brains and you know for like five minutes and then just be done. I didn't tell you we're going to talk about this, but for those who know Martin and, and have heard him before, you spent what twenty years as a auto mechanic working on cars, yeah, at uh, Slushman's Honda City. This weather right now has got to be a, a nightmare so, for for those. Before folks. I started this new career of mine, on mornings like this, I would wake up, be at work at seven a.m., and I'd be pushing cars in with dead batteries and dead starters into the shop all day long. Everything's ice cold. It's miserable. <laughs> Do you wear gloves when you're doing that? Oh yeah, but I mean, it was. It's still it's. When you're stand, when you're sitting out there, because the last thing you want to do is push it in, so you do everything you can to try and beat that starter with a hammer and a pry bar to try and get it to start, or you try and jump start it so that you don't have to spend 25 minutes pushing it in. At one point in your career, did you say, "I don't think I need to be doing this anymore"? Yeah, seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great run. I loved working on cars. I, yeah. I was really, really, really good at it. I still like it. It's just it, it like many things, it, it ran its course, and now I. All Work right. in a nice, warm office. <laughs> well, cars is a great segue because you threw this idea at me. I- I'm not a fan of this. Mm. Tell, tell the folks what we're talking about. So first, let's start with this. What are, what are some of the bi- – what's the biggest thing that you've purchased on Amazon, like size-wise or weight-wise? Th- oh, weight-wise? A couple hundred pounds probably. What Really? What? Uh, like a, a door or something like that. Or a, you ordered maybe, a door off of Amazon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it fit. You just – yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful. Sure. Uh, lawn furniture. Okay. Which I don't advise because it's one thing, you know, the, the IKEA problem, right? You got it's great right. stuff, but you got to put it together. Exactly. You get something from pick a country that's not the United States. The the instructions are horrible. There's pieces like crazy. Your IQ goes up. You get big IQ points. Oh for my being god! Able to put together, it's, but it's very frustrating. And I'm a guy that can, I'm handy with this stuff. I don't like it. Yeah. So that's probably the biggest thing. What's the biggest okay. thing you got? 
You know, I was trying to think about it. It was it was lawn furniture for our new our new fancy yeah. patio. That's pretty uh, common because you can save a lot of money from oh, you know, the other options. But you don't you don't get to sit on it. You don't get to try nope. it out. Who knows the bags are? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I went on Amazon to try and find some of like the biggest, most expensive things that you could buy. Uh, one of them was a Kenmore thirty three inch refrigerator that weighed one hundred seventy six pounds, thousand bucks. Amazon Prime. You can mm. order it and get it delivered in two days. Refrigerator online. Yeah, maybe. Sure. But then you gotta you gotta like. Put it in there. They're not going to put it in for you. No, there. I don't think FedEx is going to. They're going to stick it in your garage, probably. <laughs> right. Uh, next was a 114-inch uh, sectional recliner couch, 159 pounds. That's going to be a lot of boxes showing up at your door. <laughs> right. And then the big one, the biggest thing that I could find that you could purchase on Amazon was a Jet GH1660ZX lathe for $46,000, and it weighs 5,218 pounds. Like a lathe for like a, like a metal lathe. Okay, so you're, yeah, massive. The size of manufacturing this. Yeah. lathe, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And so, what we're going to be talking about is uh, Amazon and Hyundai just announced a partnership, and in 2024, announcement. Yeah. You're going to be able to go on your Amazon account, hit that search button where you buy Q-tips and clothes and you know DVDs and stuff, and you're going to be able to put in you know Hyundai Tucson or Hyundai Santa Fe, and then whatever that process looks like. Hit buy now, and then it's just going to get shipped or delivered to your house. New cars? New cars. Not used? Not no. pre-owned? Pr- n- brand new cars. Okay. And so it begs the question, you know, I've worked in the car industry for, for 20 years. I've always been fascinated with automobiles. Obviously, EVs are the future. But but one thing that is ripe for change, which Tesla already does this, is buying a car online, sight unseen. Would you Would you ever purchase a new car without ever test driving it? No. Nor I don't think my wife would either, because we're actually talking about, maybe not right now, but by April, getting a new car for sure. her. Why wouldn't you? What if it's I, a brand I, that you... That because, you... I mean, I, I, one of the great perks of this job is I get to uh, drive a lot of the new vehicles uh, that Heiser Automotive sells, right? Outstanding. Um, so five brands, like Chevy and Ford, Lincoln, Cadillac, and, and Toyota. And I get to see what that's like. Sure. That experience is important when you're buying something that costs, I don't know, just general... An Equinox costs about thirty grand. Yeah. And you go up up from there. Probably cheap for a vehicle these days. I think so. I think the average so, price is probably forty. I've got to sit in it. I got to see the technology. How the, for example, the screen that's in every car now. Mm-hmm. How that is oriented in the in the vehicle. Not too high. Not, sure. Not too low. All that, I got to I got to touch and feel everything. I mean, cars are. I think cars are one of those things that we take for granted is not the word, but it's one of those things we don't think about. They are such a massive part of our lives. They're how we get to work. They're how we take the kids to school. Uh, they're what we put our golf clubs in. People take road trips in them. Uh, I mean, they, they are an extension of our livelihood and everything that, that we do as human beings. So would you buy one online? I don't. I mean, you worked on it. I know. I don't. I go back and forth because it's like I do a lot of research on vehicles like every time I get one and I have very rarely made a purchase that I haven't been happy with, and I don't know that the test drive persuaded me one way or the other. But it's like you do; you want to know how the cabin feels, you know, the the interior, and like just you said, the, the room screens. inside. Yeah, of it, is yeah. it noisy? How do you know? You you really need to see it in person. But Tesla is a great example of a, of a car company who their entire business model is predicated on you load up the app, pick your color, wheels, hit buy. Done. I feel like Tesla is like that because they want to be different in in every part of the experience, right? Mm-hmm. You don't go to a showroom, you order it online. Sure. The vehicle is completely different. It can drive itself, you know, all that stuff. I'd love to know from any of the listeners who've purchased a, a new Tesla with the app, 
how was that experience? Did you have any trepidation buying it? Were you did when your vehicle got delivered? Were your expectations exceeded? Were they met? Were they were you underwhelmed? Because it's it's fascinating to me that someone would buy something that expensive and that important of your life. All right, so two questions. One, what is the the biggest heaviest thing you ever bought on Amazon like a delivery of your house? And two, would you actually buy a car on Amazon or another service? Uh, you know, not sight unseen. You've seen a picture of it, digital picture. Right. But not having the experience of actually getting in the car and driving. And there's a couple things we'll get into after the break about what Amazon and Hyundai are going to do to to uh, use virtual reality and other things to to, to get people to oh, experience these to cars. simulate that experience. Yes. Oh, I see what you did there. All right, that's called the tease in the business. <laughs> anyway, Martin Moore, our guest for this hour, as he does every couple weeks. We'll probably have to make that more frequent because every other week, everyone's asking me about you all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm here. <laughs> that's when you're an influencer. That's going to happen. I hate that word. God, you hate the word. Cor- such a corny word. I get it. I think. I, it, I think it's overused. in air quotes. I am overused a, term. Yeah, yes, I hate it. Of course, I'm not Paris Hilton. <laughs> All right, he hates the term, but he's an influencer in Milwaukee. All right, quick break here on WTMJ. Oh, well done, producer Charlie Martin Moore, my my co-contributor this hour of the program. We're talking about the two things really. Amazon. This. Ability to buy a car, but we're also throwing in the, the biggest thing you ever bought at Amazon. Harry has some experience. He joins us from beautiful city of Greenfield. Hi, Harry. Yes, hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I I just thought I'd throw my two cents in here real quick here. Um, with um, Remember the air freshener, new car smell? Oh, yes. yeah. You know, they made millions of dollars off of new car smell air fresheners, and that's because when somebody got behind the wheel of a vehicle, it kind of was conducive to wanting to maybe move forward and buy it. Um, it's just mm. like anything else, you know, you draw, you know, it's um, see it, touch it, feel it, smell it, and you fall in love. And there was a campaign for a while, I think by Chrysler, that said drive equals love. So a lot of people they love the experience of getting in the cabin and feeling it and really touching it and so on and so forth. But now since inventories have dwindled for new car uh, dealerships, a lot of people bought online because the return policy changed. As you know, in years ago, you could never return a car. Once you sign on a dotted line, it was yeah. yours. Much different so now. Today, it, today is if you don't love it, bring it back. Mm-hmm. So I think the threat of, of uh, buying a vehicle and getting stuck with it is a lot less than it used to be. Matter of fact, it's nil. And uh, so you can be a little riskier by buying online. That's interesting. That's a great stuff. Point. As much. Yeah, good stuff, Harry. Thanks for the call. I think that's, that's something Amazon will probably, I would feel, would have to um, incorporate into this entire process. Um, hey, Steve, great topic. Unless things have changed, I don't think selling directly to the consumer and delivering to home isn't legal in Wisconsin. And, and that was the thing that I was thinking about, too, because I believe that's one of the reasons why you can't buy. They don't, Tesla doesn't have direct to consumer sales in certain right. states right. because you have to go through uh, a dealership or some third party. So I don't. I don't know how they're going to get around those laws in states like, which I believe the listener's right, Wisconsin, where you you have to buy the dealership. And I honestly, you know, for working on cars for 20 years, boy, I couldn't tell you why that's a law. <laughs> um, Seriously, I have, no, I have no idea why that's well, a law. Well, I'm sure you want to protect the local retailers, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, this is thing uh, from Rick on the uh, WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Uh, 1987, in the military, brought, bought a vehicle in Germany. When I got back, to it was shipped to the U.S., picked it up from a dealer. So that's that's been happening for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of interesting. Some of the other people are asking about, um, are talking about their experiences. Some young buyers currently buy used vehicles, pre-owned is the other term for them. 
from online vendors who finance and deliver them to your door. Mm-hmm. Um, Carvana. Yes, yes. Um, That's a popular one. Yeah, what's the other one? The other big one. And they give you a seven-day return option. Crazy yeah. but real. Yeah. Carvana, they basically drive down your street, yep. drop it off in your driveway, and you've already done all the, all the uh, legal stuff and exactly. all the financial stuff online. Which is what I think Amazon is going to do. Um, and they're doing, Amazon's going to be doing some, you know, they said they're going to be doing some unique things where you're going to be able, if you have VR, let's say you have a MetaQuest or the new Apple Vision Pro, you'll be able to hop on Amazon in the browser and actually sit inside the car and, and, and see in virtual reality what it looks like, uh, you know, how, like you said, how, where's the screen? What does the center council feel like? You know, where am I going to put my coffee? Where are the blinkers? And, and get sort of a visual idea of what the inside looks like. Yeah, Kurt actually has a great point about that. Kurt calling from the Northridge area. Hey, Kurt. Good morning, Steve, and thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. The big question I have is for people that haven't purchased a car in a while, who's going to give you a tutorial on the vehicle? Who's going to teach you how to, how to re- use the radio? <laughs> how to use the, the, how to Bluetooth your phone to the car? I, I can answer that question. I mean, I, I've been in the car business for some time, and we used to get people to tour the service department. We'd take them out. And actually, the salespeople were taught how to deliver a car and give them teach the features to the car. Yep. Yeah. To the customer. That's I mean, a, you're going to lose all that. Yeah, great, great point. Carvana. Carvana hasn't made money in years. Yeah, great point, Kurt. Thanks for the call. And, uh, you know, my, I, love, uh, I love when people have real-life experience with this stuff. My, my counter been to in the that, car business. Uh, people never paid attention. They, they would when come you're in, walking through all the nuts and bolts? They would come in three days later and go, I can't pair my phone. How do I, how do I turn the headlights on? How do I use the fog lights? How do I program a radio station? All right, let me tell you my story. <laughs> so I am the beneficiary of some great vehicles from Heiser Automotive. I, mm. I, I sort of test drive them constantly. Do you have a favorite? Um, I'm a big fan of the one I'm driving right now, 2023, uh, 2023 Ford Explorer XLT. It's mm. fantastic vehicles. Big, lots of room. Got all the bells and whistles, all the technology. I, I got to tell you, I love the heated seats. Yes. Oh, my That's goodness. mandatory. Oh, my. I love everything Ford's been doing in the last yes. five, six, seven years. But one of the things that I, I notice is as you go from, like, say, Ford to Cadillac to Chevy to Toyota, there's vast differences in how their technologies in vehicles work. Big time. And I'm sitting there sometimes. I, I listen. I try to listen carefully when they're explaining things. But, you know, at some point, you're like, oh, I've driven this vehicle. And maybe I have driven it two years ago. It's already changed in yep. two years. <laughs> So you get in this thing, and you can't figure out, for example, why have they made this so complicated? The sun and moon roofs, the the back and forth, oh, the, the panels. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I've, I've sat there sometimes frustrated like crazy. You try to close it, and then it cracks open. It you try. Yeah. I don't need the sun baking me. That is, that is one over-engineered part of a, of a vehicle. Uh, from the text line, uh, Amazon and Google both want to directly sell EVs, eventually self-driving ones. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I, I mean, that's, that's there's a... Well, we'll find out if there's a market for it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's interesting. I don't know if it, I could see it being the future. I could see direct-to-consumer automobile sales being the future. I just don't know, sort of like virtual reality in the metaverse. I don't know that the general public uh, in a whole is going to, if that's something that they want to participate in. I think like earlier in this conversation, like you said, you want to sit in it, like the caller said. You want to smell the interior. You want to. You want. That's that last little bit you need to sell yourself on such an expensive purchase. I think there's a big difference between pre-owned and new. Oh, sure. I think the pre-owned thing, sure. You know, you're, you're getting a pretty good representation. There's room for nuance and error. Yeah. And... But pre, but new. I want to get in that vehicle. I want to. See, I want to smell that smell. I no. want to make sure that what they're saying is actually true. Like I said, I'm looking for a car. And I'll be going to Heiser in the next you know, few weeks to kind of start looking through all the vehicles they have and what my wife, because she's going to be the princ- uh, principal driver of it, what she wants to have in sure. it. 
I love that process. What, what would it take for you to buy a car sight unseen? Or is that just off the table? Not Other happen. than immediate need? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like if, I'm, if I need a car, probably not much. No. Or here's, you know, I got a couple of things from car collectors. Mm-hmm. If there's a car that is across the country and you trust the seller mm-hmm. and you can have it shipped, Okay. You know, like, like a, an old Corvette or something. Camaro, or, sure. you know, uh, you know, Trans Am, whatever it is. And that's probably a vehicle that you've sat in at one point sure. or, or driven at You're one point. You're not buying that because you, you've already seen what it, what it feels exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a brand new model that you've where no we, Where are we going next after break? Well, I want to get into the, you know, because we were just talking about sitting in these cars, maybe putting virtual reality headsets on. I want to talk about February 9th, Apple Vision Pro. Coming out. Why $3,500. Don't answer the question yet, but why would I care about that? That's Martin Moore's tease on WTMJ Now. Martin Moore sitting in studio on this Tuesday, chilly Tuesday here in Wisconsin. Hope it's uh, decent where you are. And I guess the context of that is it's not that decent here. It's very cold. I couldn't believe when I pulled up in front of Third Street Market, I got... The a spot right in front. That's lucky, especially you get twenty close feet to from lunch. the entrance. Yeah, lunch. Because there's sometimes time. where like yeah. I, I'm too cheap to pay for the structure, so I'll just like make laps around the block. <laughs> We're gonna flip to technology here, but I I gotta read this this text because it's funny on the WTMJ talking text line. Men buy their wives online, so it's not surprising they would buy a car. Something I would never do. How about that? Can you buy yeah. wives online? I don't think so. You know. Uh, that's not in my Google history. You can buy a robot online. I know that. Sure. Hey, did you see Elon Musk just uh, on Twitter showed his hundred? I don't know. Why I'm making the number up. His little hundred thousand dollar robot uh, that's like folding laundry at like the speed of a <laughs> a snail. <laughs> I do you think? Boy, we're gonna get wildly off topic. Do you think in our lifetime, like robots are gonna be? Yes, you do. Well, maybe not my lifetime because I'm older, but in your lifetime, absolutely. You think so? What was the movie with Robin Williams? Remember that movie? He essentially played a robot. It's oh, Bicentennial Man. Yes, Bicentennial Man. Movie. Yes. I, I do too, actually. Uh, Charlie said he loved the movie. Bicentennial Man. That's that reality. Because if you watch the movie, it starts the, the, te- the technology a little clunky. By the end, it's like a human yeah. being. It's a robot. I'm more of the uh, iRobot with Will Smith sort of. Uh, <laughs> they look like robots. Cynical approach where they AI gets smart and they all take over and kill us. And then. Yeah, and you mentioned Elon Musk. We're living in the Matrix. I wouldn't trust Elon Musk with anything. Really? I'm not a fan. He's the guy that landed yeah, rockets uh, mm-hmm. by themselves. Yeah, and... yeah. I just don't trust him. Oh, man. He seems like a loony bird to me. All right. <laughs> Technology is sometimes part of your shtick. It is. This is actually probably the most tech we've talked about in, <laughs> right? in I would say, a long time. That's all right. So here we go. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is because uh, whether you, a lot of listeners may have not heard of the Apple Vision Pro, um, but this is something that Apple has invested a decade's worth of time and energy into, and I'm assuming billions of dollars to develop this. This is something that, you know, when Apple makes something, it's very rare that they ever backpedal and, and discontinue it. This is something that they really believe is the future. And I was a kid. I grew up in the 80s. I remember the Nintendo Virtual Boy. Do you remember that thing? Yeah. It was a little VR headset. Right, it was right. all red. Mm-hmm. Kids were getting, like, headaches playing golf <laughs> right. and tennis. Uh, didn't sell. People just didn't buy into it. And then you remember in the 90s, 3D TVs. Remember that buddy you had that said, come over, watch the yeah. game. And you're all sitting there on the couch like idiots with the with the glasses on. Then, you know, Facebook, Meta, the Metaverse. That's all we heard about for years. We're, we're going to be shopping and working and playing games and doing all this stuff in the Metaverse. No one cares. Virtual reality and 3D is one of those technologies that has just been thrust and pushed upon us 
for decades and decades, and for whatever reason, human beings have absolutely zero interest in it. And so it's fascinating that this is an avenue that Apple's not only willing to explore, but put a lot of skin in the game. So they trust this technology. They do. And so Apple Vision Pro, it's a virtual 3D headset that you put on, 3500 bucks. It's It scans your face, and then it's got this crazy little like screen on the front. So when you're looking at me, you can see my eyes. Like it looks like I'm looking at you. It's not really me. Oh, kind of, it's creepy. You should you should Google it. <laughs> Have you seen it? No. Okay. So, anyways, uh, you know their whole idea is they call it an air quote spatial computing. You know, you can have unlimited browser windows and Keynote and all these apps and stuff. Your phone now with the latest iPhone update, um, there's a little button you can record in spatial video. So when you're doing your trips to Italy or whatever, you can record in, in uh, 360-degree video. Put this thing on and, and view your kids' birthday parties. So it trips. literally looks like you're at yes. the event or yeah. on a trip. Correct, correct, correct. Um, and so they, they think that this is how people are going to work. Imagine being in a meeting, you know, at work from home is still a big thing since COVID. And instead of just being on a screen, you can be there in, in these meetings. You can watch movies. You can do all the stuff that we've been sold and told we can do with virtual reality and everything for the last 20 years. What's the price tag? $3,500. It seems like a lot, but people spend a lot of money on a lot of things. That doesn't seem outrageous to me. No. I mean, it, this thing has a bazillion cameras. It's got uh, two cameras for your eyes that are like twice the resolution of 4K TVs. Uh, incredible speaker, audio system. I, I mean, it, it's neat. How my, are you controlling this thing So with that's what I wanted movements? to get to. You control it with three, three things. Your eyes. So when you look around in it, you could like you can move things around. Uh, you use your voice, Siri, and then the big one is hand gestures. It's got a ton of cameras underneath it, so just like your phone, you can pinch and zoom photos. You can. It's got a keyboard. You just type in the air like an idiot, uh, and it'll do it. <laughs> so that's sort of minority. You know the movie Minority, yeah, report, where he's, he's moving screens, like literally Tom Cruise. What, literally yeah. what it is. Literally yeah. what it is. Interesting. Um, but it begs the question: Does anybody still? Do you want to wear something on your head? No. You know. If, you, if it, I said this before on the show, if it was just glasses like I wear sure. or my glasses that have that function, sure, sign sure. me up. But some people don't even like glasses. That's why LASIK is so popular. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so like glasses. So you're telling me I'm going to wear a giant two-pound thing on my head? And so what I find fascinating about this is it's not like some of these other companies or startups that create you know, virtuality headsets that come and go. This is Apple, the, the company that revolutionized the iPod and the iPhone and the iPad and every, you name it. Are they going to be able to finally get the general public to buy into something that otherwise just has failed with every iteration by every company imaginable? Quick text line question. Would you spend the 3500 bucks to have this experience? I, it, it sounds like an at-home device. Yeah. So you can bring it with you on an airplane. So one of the funny things is the thing gets horrible battery life. One, the battery's not built into the headset. It's got a tether and then a little battery oh, pack no. you put in your pocket. No. Well, how long do you think the battery lasts? Let's say you're watching a movie. Two hours. Two and a half hours. So you can get through two-thirds of Killers of the Flower Moon on an, air, on an airplane. <laughs> uh, that doesn't seem like something I would do. So why would Apple, one of the world's most valuable companies, make this and invest this kind of time and money if they didn't have – if they have fleets of the most talented people in the world? The basic question is what do they know that we don't know? Exactly. And, I mean, people – Make the argument. Well, look at the first iPhone. That was four or five hundred dollars, and people, you know, Steve Bomber, the old CEO of Microsoft, he's like, "That's ludicrous. Nobody's going to pay that." What do people do? You look at headphones and AirPods. It was ridiculous when AirPods came out. 
the idea of spending $249 on a pair of earbuds. This was back when there's headphone jacks and people would spend five, ten bucks on them. So are we just naive and, you know, don't see Apple for what it is? Or do they know, like you said, know something that we don't? And I, I know we have techies out there. Would you spend the $3,500 for the Apple Vision Pro? Whatever that's going to be. And, and it's already out, right? No, February 9th. February 9th. So almost. Yeah. Apple Vision Pro, 3500 bucks. Going by what Martin has said about it, the abilities to kind of transform your viewing experience, to, to recreate. The price of a used Kia. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep the used Kia. Uh, I did want to, uh, one of the textures had uh, made a point of telling us about uh, their online experience. They bought a 2022 Santa Fe online. You can look at all the reviews, videos on YouTube. You can make all the selections for trim on Hyundai. Pretty basic, and I'm happy with the car. So some people are already doing it. Yeah. That's that's a new car. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you don't need Amazon. You can just go to the dealers. To oh, they'll go on to the dealership website? Yeah. yeah, that I that I knew you could already do, but they they're not going to have the sort of robust uh online experience with VR and all this other stuff. That... I love this text talking about the Apple Vision Pro. My listeners who weren't lucky enough to go on the trip to Tuscany could experience it like we did. Yeah. And, and so that that is one of the fascinating things. Or imagine a wedding. Let's say you got a family member uh, who you know who lives far away. You can't make it to their wedding. You just pop that thing on. Boom, you're at the wedding. You're right there. Is All that right. worth thirty five hundred bucks? All right, quick um, quick response on the text line eight five five six one six one six twenty thirty five hundred bucks. Apple Vision Pro. You're going to do it when it comes out. Give me your thoughts. That's next. Martin Moore joining us in studio on this Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we always have fun when Martin's in studio. Um, we're talking about the uh, Apple Vision Pro, thirty five hundred bucks. Most people are saying they're not going to buy one, and I don't think anybody's just like the original iPhone and, and a lot of that new tech. Mo- most people aren't going to buy it. This is going to be something for enthusiasts, for developers. Um, I'm I'm the world's biggest Apple fanboy. I, I sure ain't going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the other question somebody asks is, it's thirty five hundred now. What will it be in two years? Yeah, fifteen hundred. Yeah, because I mean, we've all seen the price decline of products that actually get better. So- but cheaper over time. Here's I have an argument for that, and I have no proof for it. But I hear a lot of people say things like that about certain things. Not everything. J- just wait till the tech gets cheaper. TVs are a perfect example. You look at the price of TVs. I mean, you can. I my mother in law just asked, "We need a new fifty five inch TV. What should I get?" It was this five hundred dollar Vizio yeah. that does uh-huh. blows anything I had away ten years ago. But you look at phones. Phones haven't gotten any cheaper. No. They've why is that? Way more expensive. Why is that? I have no idea, but I don't understand why some certain tech gets cheaper and other tech does not. Uh, maybe someone smarter than me can explain that. But it might have to do with the companies that are operating our phones, yeah, that, phone devices. That could be too. Yeah. Um, I wanted. We only got a, a, a little bit of time left. We got sure. some time. We are both consumers of television and movies. Yes, big time. We love TV. I I, I probably have different tastes than you, but we have we share some common tastes. Mm. Um, the experience has obviously evolved. We mm. had I'm I'm an old schooler. I remember when we didn't have remote controls. <laughs> Trust Do you me. remember when remote con- I'm old enough to remember when remote controls had a tether. Oh yeah. Do you remember when oh, you've got the first remote yeah. control and it had yeah. the, the giant long cord is like a snake to the couch? I remember when remote controls were like <laughs> like these big clunky oh, things. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was the remote, remote control because my dad or mom would say go change the channel mm-hmm. and there was like four channels mm-hmm. and they went off at like midnight. Yeah. Um so that's that's anybody older than what fifty knows that. Yeah. Um, so television has evolved. We got cable, and then the streaming services. Now they've exploded. The experience of watching TV has never been better. No, in my opinion, you you have so many options. But my question is, and I, I think I know the answer to this. 
is the streaming options, that technology, that experience going to blow up traditional TV? Over the air, free TV. Yeah. I mean, it might. How often do you and the listeners watch over the air broadcast television? What's the, what's the ratio? Is it 50% of the the Not you for me. Maybe 10%. For me, it's Packers games uh and then what me and my wife call church uh CBS Sunday morning. <laughs> And that's which, is a, a, which is a fantastic that's, program. That's by the way. all. That's all we watch over rabbit ears. Everything else is is a streaming service or or, or the internet. Live sports of teams I care about. Yeah. And but that could change some news. Uh, the the uh, the last NFL game it was the Chiefs and Dolphins. Right. Streaming uh, on Pe- Peacock. Only on Peacock. Only way you could watch it. Uh, set a new record: twenty three million views, which is an incredible audience for. It's the largest ever for a yes, streaming service. Correct. And so. When an organization like the NFL and in a company like Peacock achieves a number like that, it begs the question: Well, how many more times are they do this? How much sports is one of like the last things on television that I think most people watch with rabbit ears? What happens if they if there's ad revenue? If there's some sort of monetary incentive for sports leagues and and these apps to just say, you know what? Let's just put it all on the streaming service, make a little bit more money, and let the public figure it out. So let's let's uh, let the audience chew this over. We're gonna take another quick break here, but um, the the battle between traditional over the air TV and the, which now, is free, all, all yeah, which is completely free except for your equipment, your devices, and the arrival of streaming services. You need the you know the the technology TV, the uh, the the Roku and all that stuff. Yeah. But once you have that, you have access to everything. Well beyond what you could ever get with an antenna. Yes, yeah. that's the transformation. And then the Peacock story is amazing. That's incredible. So I'm I'm curious about a couple things from all of you. The free TV thing is that going to last? Because I don't think it's going to. And two, are we going to consume almost all of our viewing with streaming services? Right. Yeah, I think that's. I've I've answered it the best way I can because I think that's the reality. Martin Moore, yours truly. Tuesday edition, join us. 855-616-1620, quick break. One more hot segment. I still stand by. There should be there should be some sort of subscription service where you can watch you and me like during commercial breaks. We have some awesome conversations. It's like a side hustle going yes, on. Yes, I, I think yeah. it's great. You'd have to run that through GKB. Yeah. Um, no, I, for, I, for, I was going to read something. I completely spaced on what, what I was going to read. Um, the question's simple. We asked about the over over the air versus streaming. Mm. There's a ton of people that are answering. I watch free TV. Yeah, I mean it's not free. You got to have a device. You got to have an antenna sure. that's decent. But there's no subscription. There's a lot of people that will watch shows that are free on TV, but they'll watch them on a still pay a streaming service or Grey's Anatomy or there's so many shows that people watch on their streaming channel. It's like you know you can watch that on TV for nothing. Now let the record show. I didn't think about this, but the texter asked a question that's a little delicate. Um, let's be honest. There's going to be a significant link between this product and pornography. 100%. And, and, you know, you can laugh at it all you want, um, but pornography is one of the things that really catapulted the Internet. Um, they were one of the first to do sort of uh, e-commerce subscription thing when the Internet first came out. That's the reason why we have the Amazons and all the all the websites where you can you can buy stuff. Um, there's one thing you can always count on with technology, uh the porn industry will be the first ones in the front of the line to show up and figure out how they can capitalize on it. I just watched a, a documentary on this. So the army and pornography push all of our technology forward. 
Well, here's the pornography story. It was live shows, mainly in New York and big cities. Uh-huh. Then the arrival Boy, of the VCR. Then the VCR came. Yes. And the tapes you could rent. Yep. And then the digital revolution, right? So yep. you had access at home. We, first, we needed the internet. Then we had the access to that stuff, which blew it up. 100%. Why would we think that the next phase wouldn't be, I don't want to say interactive, but yeah. this? Yeah, I, it will. I mean, it, it is to make the conversation as serious as possible, it, it will, and it'll be for the better. Uh, you know, they'll jumpstart. Uh, the movie industry and all, and God knows what else. Uh, they have a long history of, like I said, them and the army have a long history of advancing technology for the general public. Uh, this one from the 307 area code. Thanks for the long distance. Listen, I already spend too much time on my phone as it is buying a VR goggle. We'll take away from the things that I would like to get back into, which is playing my guitar, reading a book, working out. The only way I would buy one is if it's monumentally better to watch a movie versus not which it is so well i haven't used it but i've used a lot of vr headsets um and i know a couple uh, owners of some startups in silicon valley that are, are working on some stuff and i've gotten to experience um watching a movie on a virtual reality headset and it's remarkable it's like you're there you can choose the type of theater you're in i was in this one where i was watching um the new the tom cruise the uh, top gun movie and like it was a theater with a whole open like ceiling and it was like there was like jets and stuff going by and there was the clouds you can be in space but it feels it feels like you're in a the theater you can pick your seat and the screen feels just like you were in a theater it's can you incredible. take can you take that technology and use it for gaming yes absolutely so th- that's another thing too is it, playing games in 3d playing a first person shooter game or or whatever it is that you're playing i mean that that would be awesome but do you really want to wear that thing on your face? That's the thing that human beings just can't seem to get over. It's not that virtual reality in 3D isn't cool. I think that's pretty ubiquitous. I think everybody thinks 3D is 360 is way better than than you know watching 2D television. It's just, do you want to wear that thing on your face? And do you want to spend $3,500 on yet another device? From the 262, streaming is cool and flexible, but it's a terribly inefficient technology that keeps on increasing Internet demands mm-hmm. and cost. Broadcasting is way cheaper, not that cheap, and more efficient at dis- distributing content. It's going away, and we're all going to keep on paying more and more. I do think it's going to go away at some point. See, I don't know that it can. I think it's government. It's protected by the government. It's it's essentially going to be so small. There's going to be three cha- There's going to be a weather channel, a news channel. Especially and- going back to its roots. Well, because if nobody's watching it, where where are these where are these car well, companies and, and places getting you know making ad rev? Would you pay? I didn't pay for Peacock, and I don't have that streaming. Service. No, would you? You wouldn't pay for it. I have Disney Plus, Netflix, HBO, Apple TV Plus, and YouTube. Like I'm not, and I need to get rid of th- two of those. I'm not subscribing to another one. We just had this conversation at home, my wife and I. We were talking oh, yeah, about Bally Sports. Yes, <laughs> for bucks. <laughs> we were talking about the streaming services that we have, and I said I probably watch three of them of the six. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think most people are like us, where. You'll watch one for like a, a certain show, and then you'll bounce to another one, and you'll forget. Oh God, we have Netflix. Oh, I forgot we have HBO because you've been binging on Apple TV and Apple and so, TV. Yeah. Uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the only thing I watch on Apple TV. I don't TV. watch Disney Plus. I haven't watched it since uh, Obi Wan or Ahsoka or whatever the last Star Wars one was out, and then it just sits idle on my credit card until some new series comes out. All right, we only got a couple of minutes, and you always like to like talk about something. What's what's got you fascinated right now other than the Apple Mickey Vision Mouse? Pro? Going into the public domain in 2024. Okay, so why does that affect you? How does that affect you? Disney has been fighting this for decades. It should have been. The, this is the original Mickey Mouse, like the Steamboat Willie version. The old, the style. old school one. 
public domain, which means, Steve, you and I could make a Mickey Mouse horror movie where he's a serial killer, which, believe it or not, is already in the works right now, uh, and Disney can do nothing about it. Um, and Disney's been fighting this, and there's a, there's a lot of Disney allies that are, you know, like with Disney, and they, they don't, they, they think it should be their IP. But most people don't realize that Aladdin, Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, Frozen, Little Mermaid, Snow White, Jungle Book, that was all public domain that Disney made their own movies and created, and, had, and now has an oligopoly on the, those types of movies. Um, the, they fabricated their company and brand from public IP stories and characters. And so it's fascinating that now they have an original of their own and they fought tooth and nail to not try and get it into the public domain. Interesting. Yeah. Disney doesn't win always. No, they don't. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was fascinating. I kind of want to get some steamboat Willie shirts made up, see if I could sell them and make a couple bucks. (laughs) Something for the next show. Um, some, some people are testing, texting me about spotlight ATSC 3.0. It's, it's built in the same internet protocol as today's streaming services. It's designed to bring together over the air with over the top content, delivers better video quality and immerses audio to viewers. I'm not familiar with it. ATSC 3.0. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Next generation of terrestrial broadcast system. Interesting. Let's let's research. That. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. All right, I look forward to our next visit. Stay warm. I gotta I gotta walk that twenty feet to my car. I'm so glad I got that parking spot, Steve. You might want to put a, like a permanent. The mar- hard- this is Martin Moore's spot. The hardest part of getting to my car isn't going to be going into the cold. It's going to be walking through the market and going past the pizza and wings places. Uh, that, that pizza smell gets you every time. Martin Moore will do it again in a Thanks. couple of weeks.